authentic. <laughs> That's sweet. Yeah. I'm just now uh, getting over the hurricane of Shannon Briggs. It came through this with a, a storm of let's go champ. He's a maniac. Yeah, he is a maniac. So uh, I'm glad we can get you in here today because uh, explain to everybody, first of all, if people don't know, Chris uh, produced and, what did you, direct it and produce Directed. it and uh, Bigger, Stronger, Faster and Prescription Thugs and Prescription Thugs, which is particularly important because uh, a lot of it was about the prescription industry and the, the uh, how many people get hooked and you've had experience with it. I, we, we've all known people and lost people that have had uh, problems with prescription <clears throat> pills. But you wanted to come in and talk about Kratom. Sure. Yeah, you know, a while back when I was actually hooked on pills, I was looking for a way to get off them. I would search the internet every day on a way to get clean and sober. And I came across this thing called Kratom. And they said, oh, they sell it at these uh, head shops and different things. And, you know, back then I wasn't really familiar with the head shop scene or anything like that. So I actually, um, I never found it. I never went out and sought it out. And then um, after going through rehab, I had heard about it a couple more times from some people. I've heard about people taking it to get off of opiates. It's a plant. It's a it's a 100% natural plant. Comes from um, you know uh, Thailand, Indonesia, Malaysia. That's where they grow it. It's been used for like 2,000 years. Um, basically, it works sort of like an opioid, but it's not a drug. It's just a plant, you know, and it has these properties that have helped people bridge the gap. Uh, when they get off of opiates so they don't have withdrawals. What it also does is help relieve pain, and it also helps with uh, anxiety. It helps with, uh, you know, elevates your mood, and it does all these great things, but the government now wants to make it a Schedule One drug. But So you're saying it's not a drug, though? Well, you know, that's, I guess it's semantics. It's like, how do you classify something? It's been around for 2,000 years. Right. No one's ever done any studies on it being a drug, and no one's ever done any studies on it. Well, there's been some, there's been actually a lot of studies on it being a supplement, but they aren't like these FDA-approved, you know, double-blind placebo studies that they're requiring for it to uh, be on the market as a normal supplement. But it, um, does it, it has psychoactive properties. Well, it'll it'll elevate your mood. So we're just talking about alpha brain or some mm -hmm. you know nootropics. It'll work like that, and we'll, it'll elevate your mood. I mean, I don't know where the real distinction is uh, between high and elevation of mood, mm -hmm. or where you know what what the difference is really there. But it doesn't make you feel like it's not like I smoked pot. It's more like I had a good cup of coffee. You know, mm. I'm fired up. Maybe right. you know, back in the day when I used to take like, pre workout supplements, caffeine and ephedrine kind of feels like that. I just feel like fired up and ready to go and I don't feel pain. That's interesting that Kratom gets you fired up. I would have never, I, I would have thought it would have mellowed you out. I, I have zero experience with it. You have some here now and um, you could drive in this stuff. Is it? Well, they tell you not to operate heavy, heavy machinery and things like that, but I've never had a problem with it. I actually take it to drive. So, you know, tomorrow I'm leaving for uh, Thanksgiving. I got to drive six hours. So that's your ass. I'm taking Kratom before I get in the car to go because it actually helps me focus. It, it relieves the pain. Wow. That's, that sounds crazy. So it, it, it mimics the effects of opioids, right? Opiates. But it also elevates you? Well, sure. So like if you, I don't know if you've ever taken Oxycontin or uh, Vicodin or any of those things like that. No. A lot of times when people take that, they feel like, you know, they're indestructible. I took Vicodin, I think it was Vicodin, once when I had uh, my first knee surgery in 93. I fucking hated it. I took I took it literally one time. And I guess for me, you know, I guess it's different for everybody. It, I think it was Vicodin. It might have been Percocets. 
but whatever the doctor gave me for pain, I took the pills. And I was like, oh my god, I, f- I feel so fucking stupid. I'm like, I'd rather be in pain than feel this dumb. Sure, I think a lot of times, like what happened with me is I came out of anesthesia from a surgery, and I was all doped up on the drugs, and I didn't even know it. So it just kind of like just kept going. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I never, I never stopped getting high from the time I was in the hospital for like six years. You know? Right. So um, for me, it was like. You know, opiates were a real big problem. They were ruining my life. They were destroying me. Now that I got sober uh, two and a half years ago and I started taking Kratom, I feel great. Like everything in my entire career is going, you know, skyrocketing. Things are going great. Um, my relationship with my girlfriend's great. Just everything's been been good. So I can't really see the bad in it. So when they decided to make this a Schedule One drug, we decided to make a documentary about it and show the world what it, what it really is. That seems really bizarre that you would have a problem with drugs and then this would help you. Like, I would think that if you have a problem with drugs, you would want to stay away from anything that's sketchy. Sure, but a big part of addiction, you got to remember, is that we relapse. People relapse. If you can have something, it actually helps with alcohol withdrawals and alcohol cravings. So if we have something that will help me to not crave those things or even think about them, right? and also not feel pain, like why should I have to be in pain? Like right. there's no, you know. Now are you in pain right right now? Do you not right now? Because I took kratom before I came here, but I would what? normally be in a lot of arthritic pain. Oh, okay, just yeah. and you have arthritis just naturally, right? Double just... hip, yeah, double hip replacement surgery. I need both of my knees done, my shoulders shot. You know, kind of everything. I'm kind of pretty beat up, and so for me, it just works. You know, my brother, who's also a power lifter. He takes it as well before he trains, and he really loves it, too. Takes it before he lifts weights? Yeah. Wow. And he's trying to bench 600 pounds, so he's not like, it's not like he's using a little bit of weight. He's, no, your brother's a gorilla. Yeah, he's pushing it. But that's, uh, that's so strange to me. This is all, like, I'm glad we didn't talk before this podcast, because I had a thought in my head of what this stuff is, and you're changing it right now. I what mean, did you think it was? Well, I felt like it was probably just uh, a good way that people could relieve pain naturally, but I felt like... If someone was going to describe it to me, I thought they were going to tell me about an opiate type of effect mm. that it just mellows you out, but it doesn't, it doesn't hurt you. There are different strains of it. Oh, There's okay. a strain called Bali, which is like supposed to be good for anxiety and kind of calm you down. There's a uh, strand called Green Melee, which is like sort of get that's the one that is a good pre-workout. Um, but they're all kind of the same thing. You know, they all have the same alkaloids. Kratom has 27 alkaloids. So when you look at it, it actually has alkaloids that work like opiates. They attach to opiate receptors, but not in the same way. If you look at Oxycontin, when it attaches to an opiate receptor, I mean, it's like, you know, it's stuck in there. It's like screwed in, basically. If you think about like a screw, mm-hmm. that opiate receptor, it's screwed in there so tight that you could never just pull it out. You'd have to, you know, unscrew it. So with, um, with, with the kratom though, it kind of like balance. It kind of like drifts around the top of that opiate receptor. It doesn't. It doesn't attach nearly as hard. They say that opiates um, attach a thousand times greater to the opiate receptor than anything found in nature, and kratom's found in nature. Oh wow! But what about heroin? Like the, the actual poppy seed is found in nature, right? So yeah, and they have to do stuff to it to make it right. You know, heroin. They have to do stuff with uh, coca leaves to make cocaine. They have to. You know, it's like yeah. uh, marijuana and kratom are probably the the two most similar uh, things. And when I went to uh, interview uh, Senator Mark Pocan last week about, uh, he was the one that wrote a letter to the government. He wants to keep kratom legal. He thinks that you know it should be allowed for everyone. And I said to him what do you think about marijuana? And he was like, I just think it should all be legal. And it was the first time I was ever in the presence of somebody that works for the government saying that they think that weed and kratom and all this stuff should be legal. And it's because 
he had a good head on his shoulders about the problems that people face every day. You know, mm -hmm. it's not black and white. Like I live in this gray area. I don't, I, I'm in a lot of pain, but I don't want to take opiates. Right. You know, I shouldn't have to take opiates. So where's the pressure coming from to turn this stuff into a schedule one drug? If there's no, if there's no negative response by the body, you're not having people die of overdoses. Is there an LD50 rate on this stuff? Uh, well, if you look at, you know, I mean, you're saying where where is the well, LD50? Explain. I should, we should probably explain to people lethal dose at 50 percent, meaning if you take 50 rats and you give them a pound of this shit, 50 of them or you know 25 of them will die at a certain sure. level. Sure, we, we've heard about you know there's been no deaths from marijuana, right? Right. Ever. Kratom is the same thing. No, it's, no deaths. There there have been zero deaths, and there there have actually been 15 deaths that have been brought to the FDA and the DEA's attention. Those 15 deaths, I actually went and interviewed one of the one of the mothers. The kid was on three psych meds. He was withdrawing. He was on or withdrawing from three different psych meds. I have a black box warning that says, "Warning: If you're a teenager, you might commit suicide." Basically, and this kid committed suicide. He didn't die from a kratom overdose. He okay. died from committing suicide. And his mother wants to blame kratom. She doesn't think that the uh, the psych meds had anything to do with it. And I don't want to say that Kratom had nothing to do with it. We don't really know. And what I really call for with Kratom is just more research. Like I want people to put in the money to do the research to make sure that this is safe. And let's see if we can solve this opiate epidemic. Let's see if we can uh, crack down, you know, basically lower the amount of opiate prescriptions we have in this country. I just read an article the other day. One in seven people in America are going to be affected with addiction problems. Wow. That's crazy. One in seven. Yeah, that means somebody wow. in your family. You more, know? That's that's insane. Somebody in your family will be a, be affected by it. That's, that's more than ten percent. Yeah, that's weird. That's weird, right? Sure. And and not everybody. It's it's not that everybody gets addicted. They're affected by addiction. My girlfriend was really affected by addiction because when she met me, I was you know taking drugs and drinking every day, and um, that's a that's a big effect on especially on women. It's tough. You know, it's a tough thing to handle. Now, I can understand this woman whose son died being, I uh, could understand her remorse and looking to point the blame at someone. And a lot of times people are reluctant to point the blame towards something that a doctor prescribed. And they'll automatically say, well, it probably wasn't that. It was probably this other thing that's not regulated. Mm -hmm. You know what she said to me? She said, uh, Chris, I'm going to pray for you because I know you're taking Kratom and I'm going to pray for you that you're okay. And I was like, you know, lady, you don't need to pray for me. Like I've been taking it for a year, you know, and I right. think that people just get it wrong. Yeah. And I feel bad for her. I feel bad for her in the fact that, um, that she can't just realize that, you know, she can't look at the research and see, you know, because when I went and interviewed her, she said, well, I'm not even sure if Kratom killed him. And this is after a gigantic, you know, uh, they, they, they mount this gigantic media coverage of this story, right? Like this was all over. And now, and now like two years later after the damage has been done, she's kind of coming back and say, well, I don't know if it was Kratom, you know, but she already did the damage. Like the, the, these are, these deaths are the reason why the DEA wants to ban it. Well, the DEA though is going on what kind of evidence? I mean, when they do a scientific analysis of kratom and they break it down, do they find they don't find anything toxic in it? Do they? No. Well, I talked to Melvin Patterson. He's the uh, spokesman for the for the DEA. And when I talked to Melvin Patterson, what he told me is that they lean on the FDA a lot for these kind of decisions, right? So they go to the FDA and they ask the FDA, "Can you give us an eight point? It's like some sort of." Uh, thing that they have in place. It's like an eight point inspection to make sure that this drug is not dangerous, you know, and if it is dangerous, it's deemed dangerous, they'll take it off the market. 
based on the FDA's you know, research. So the DEA had asked the FDA for that eight-point inspection. The FDA never went ahead and did it. So the DEA got upset and said, well, we're going to ban it anyway because we're waiting on you guys. And then there was a big uproar. There was 100,000 people signed a petition, you know, partly due to, to you tweeting about it and things like that. There was a guy, Andrew Turner. Uh, he tweeted you. He was an um, Iraq uh, war vet. And um, you should see his video. He can't even speak without Kratom. He cannot talk normal without Kratom. He speaks with all these uh, ticks and twitches in his face uh, due to, they think, maybe PTSD and some other problems that had affected him. And now he takes Kratom and those twitches all go away. He did a video on YouTube that was kind of amazing. He stopped taking it for six days and you can see all these twitches are evident. And then he goes back on the Kratom and they all disappear. Whoa. Wow. So who's pressuring the DEA to turn this stuff into a Schedule One drug, and why Schedule One? There's a there's a couple patents that are on the alkaloids that are in the plant, so I think that Big Pharma would be you know the first place to look. Uh, they have a couple patents. They want to basically take this. You know, I think it's actually I, I don't I don't look at it as being that bad, but why make why make the organic kratom illegal in order to turn this into a more powerful drug? They think that they can uh, extract. Uh, some of these alkaloids, right? There's two alkaloids, metagenine, and the other one is like 7-hydroxymetagenine. It's like too technical for anybody to really care about. But there's two alkaloids that they really care about that help with opiate withdrawals and help uh, with pain. And those are the two. And they actually just want to ban the two alkaloids, but you can't do that because it's in the plant. So you have to ban the whole plant. And to me, you know, you said it the best. You said making something else illegal is like archaic. It doesn't make any sense. What are you going to do to the people... You know, we, five states just legalized marijuana. Now you're going to throw people in jail for Kratom? It doesn't make sense. Well, I'm worried about this new administration <clears throat> when it comes to, and for yeah, maybe. various reasons. <laughs> yeah. But I'm worried about them when it comes to being compromised by big pharma. I, I really am. You know, it's just a, it's such a business-oriented administration. Sure. And he's bringing in all these old dudes that look like they're right out of that TV show, The Strain. Mm -hmm. Like, they're, they're the vampire dudes that are hanging out with the Nazis. Like, I'm looking at all these people, like Mike Pence, all these old dudes he's bringing in with these archaic ideas i'm like Ugh. they're all against gay marriage sessions against, yeah, yeah it's, i mean it's ridiculous you know i was hoping that maybe trump would bring in some people that would yeah. be opposite of his thinking and you know it just hasn't happened so. well he was a democrat for a long time i mean D donald trump was always a democrat i mean him running as a republican is, is kind of odd if you look at his history but he's going all in with uh, a lot of these people and some of them are deeply opposed to marijuana legalization sure. federally and you know, that stuff is very counterintuitive and counterprogressive. And the marijuana legalization, we've been reading a lot about that, and it's going to be what a lot of people think might be a mess because making it recreational opens it up to Marlboro and all these other mm -hmm. companies that make tobacco products to now start selling cannabis and uh, turning it into, you know, what we already have. Bullshit. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm not opposed to them making it commercial because I feel like the more people do it, the better we're all going to be. Sure. I really I really believe that. I mean, people say, oh, you're a pothead. You think like that, bro. But I really think it's a, it, I think, I mean, you can call it a drug, but whatever it is, it is a component of life that makes people calmer, makes people happier, makes people more sensitive. I just think it's better for people. I was 100% against it ever since I was in college. Like, I just thought, like, marijuana, wow, that's, a, that's the worst thing, you know. And, and steroids. I thought marijuana and steroids were the, were the devil. And come to find out, it's all the drugs that the doctors actually prescribe us that are the devil, that we need to look out for. You yeah. know, they're not necessarily, I shouldn't say the devil, they help a lot of people. 
but we have to be very careful about what we're putting in our bodies that our doctors give us. We can't just say, well, the doctor said it's fine and just, you know, take it. Yeah. And that's how I got addicted to opiates. And a lot of people want to say, I'll get it on uh, Instagram all the time. Well, bro, it's your fault, man. It's all your fault. And they know nothing about addiction. It's not my fault. It's not anybody's fault. These things happen because it's a progressive, you know, these drugs were designed to make you addicted. So to say it's my fault is kind of ridiculous because the drug was actually designed so people get hooked on it. You know? Yeah, you just didn't outrun it. That's all it is. I didn't outrun it. Yeah, yeah right. I mean, that's really what it is. It's like some people outrun it and you get away from it. And you should have been stronger, bro. Yeah. You know, like, all right. How many people have to get fucking addicted before you re recognize that it's a problem? I mean, that is a giant problem in this country. We lose a, a person to addiction every 19 minutes in this country. Accidental overdoses. I think I've said that stat several times on your show. And it's just, you can't say it enough. You know, we have... Um, this giant opiate epidemic, and we have something here. You know, in in our film, we're just we're starting to make a documentary about this. And in the film, you know, we show a guy who has a not a not a huge habit, but six Vicodin a day habit, and he cuts that down to zero using kratom. And we watch that you know that process because I feel like that's important to show that like, hey, you can actually do this. Now, if we have people that are really really addicted to heroin and really really addicted to these other drugs, they might need something like Suboxone. And then Kratom, you know, mm -hmm. like we don't really, we don't really know. You know, my friend uh, Kelly Dunn, who owns the company uh, Urban Ice that we were just, we were just talking to, he actually bought a farm up in Washington and it's his intent. If people don't have money to go to rehab or do whatever, they can come up and visit him, you know, and get Kratom. He's actually, uh, you know, a licensed therapist and all that stuff like that. So like, I feel like it's sort of this, this grassroots movement to, um, to try to get people to even try Kratom. That's what I've been trying to do is get people like, hey, just, just just try it. Like you said, with marijuana, the more people that try it, the better off we'll be. And I really feel that with Kratom, too. Well, you're making me want to try it. Now, what is the name? Is it a Kratom plant? Like, what does a plant look like? Yeah, what it's is, a is plant. It a tree? It, it's a plant. It kind of looks like, I don't know, like a poison ivy plant. I'm sure you can maybe pull one up, you know, but it basically just looks like... Just like any other plant, shiny green leaves, you know? I don't think I even heard about it until maybe a couple of years ago, and I didn't know how to pronounce it until a month ago. Well, people say kratom, kratom, kratom tomato, yeah, tomato, I whatever I didn't know fuck. what it was. I, did, I mean, I had rarely heard of it. I think someone gave me some after a show one day. I'm like, oh, I'm taking this shit. You know what? That's that what it looks like? There it goes. Yeah. It kind of happens a lot. Like, somebody will say, hey, here, try this, and I, I never trust that either. Yeah. But for me, what happened to me is very interesting. I have a lot of friends in this, you know, in this world of... Uh, you know, fitness and whatever. And so I just end up talking to a lot of people that try a lot of different things. So after I got done with the opiates, I was on Dr. Drew's show and he said, well, you should try Advil and Tylenol in combination. That's going to be better than an opiate for your pain, for your mm -hmm. chronic pain. So I said, okay, I start trying that. Then I get a phone call from my friend who lives in England who tells me he just had a kidney transplant because of all the NSAIDs he was taking. Oh. So now he doesn't know... non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, which are Advil. Sure, yeah, Advil yeah. and Tylenol and stuff like that. So he had a kidney transplant. I just thought, Jesus like... Christ. You know, I didn't think that that was going to necessarily happen to me, but I was taking, like, 10 Advil a day, you know? That could happen then, yeah. right? I mean, yeah. how many were your friend taking? He said about 20. Oh, and he was a new bane addict before that, so he doesn't know if it's a new bane, right. blah, 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 right? So you get in all these problems. But I just thought, like, well, look, taking 10 Advil and Tylenol a day because I was taking them in combination. That just mm, can't be good for you. Can't be. So my friend Kelly hit me up. He's like, hey, man, you should try this plant. It might help you. And what was your first experience like with it? My first experience was, um, so my friend Kelly, he was very serious about this, and he wants to help a lot of people. He said, I'll fly to Sacramento. I was living up by my brother at the time. 
So he flew out to Sacramento to see me. He gave me some Kratom. He went to his hotel. I went to my house. I had just been filming with my brother for like five hours straight, and my arthritis was like at its worst point, like the worst it could possibly be. Is that from standing? Just like standing just, up. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just get beat up, you know. And um, also like standing on concrete floors mm -hmm. and gyms and stuff like that right. kills you. So I was just like beat up. I took the Kratom, and then he came over later that day to talk to me. I said, dude, you're not going to believe it, but I'm in. You know, like, I, I don't feel any pain right now. No pain. And it took a good two or three months for me to really get into it. Because, like, I might tell you now and you might go home and try this, right? Right. And you might say, yeah, Chris, whatever the fuck. Like, he, that, that doesn't work. But then for some reason, you'll go back to it. And then you go back to it and go back to it. And then all of a sudden, like, it's a miracle to you. I don't know. what That's how it, that's how it was for me. I'm not saying that's how it's going to be for everyone. Well, I'm not in any pain. So if I took it, it would just to get fucked up. Well, elevate your mood. <laughs> to elevate my mood. I'm pretty happy right now. I don't want to get more elevated. I'll do something silly. Yeah, you might. You never know. Yeah. But also helps with uh, lowers your blood pressure, helps with anxiety, blah, 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 right? So you can look at it for several health benefits. But it doesn't get you to a point where you can't drive or you, you don't know how to type. I should probably be responsible and say it hasn't yeah. gotten me to that point. It hasn't gotten you to that but point. It, but I have, I have taken too much of it. Oh, okay. Give me one of them packets and tell me like, like how much you're supposed to take. Well, that it's it's all gonna be relative, right? I mean, like, like you take one of these, like, what do you weigh? One ninety, two hundred? Yeah, somewhere in the range of two hundred. So two hundred. I so I take six of them, but I worked up to six of them. Six would, pills? Yeah, I okay, would suggest this, are, this is a packet of pills. Sure. Now, now kratom a lot of times is taken in a powder form, but mm -hmm. it tastes disgusting, so I can't handle the oh, powder. Okay. So I just take the capsules. Yeah, somebody gave me in a powder form, and I was like, this is like heroin to you, me, you know son. What, you know, I want to hear something really interesting. I, I was supposed to speak at an AA meeting the other day, and um, I got a phone call from, from somebody at the if AA. I took, if I took some right now, how much should I take? Take two. Okay. But you know, like, um, I, I was supposed to speak at an AA meeting, and I got a phone call from a, a good friend of mine, and she said, well, I'm confused now because I'm not sure if you're sober. Oh, because you're taking Kratom. I'm taking Kratom, and it affects your mind, so... Oh, now so I she's to, worried that you're fucking up. They're worried that I'm fucking up. And it, you know what? It actually hurt me, like... It hurt. It hurt to hear that from somebody that, like, helped me get sober. Right. It really hurt my feelings. Like, I, I don't mean to sound like a pussy, but, like, hurt my feelings to hear, like, hey, you're not sober from people I really look up to. You know? Right. And well, I, I can understand their worry. I, I, I mean, totally I don't, understand their worry. It's so confusing. It sounds know? like you're doing a heroin substitute, right? Sure. A natural heroin substitute. And it's been called, you know, herbal heroin. So mm. I, can, I can see their concern. So is that maybe the same sort of concern that led the DEA to take a close look at this? Because, I mean, if you look at it, I mean... Everyone wants to worry that the DEA is in bed with Big Pharma and it's all about business and they're here to screw over the American people sure. and keep these legal, natural things away from us. But I had the same sort of reservations. I mean, I didn't know until you came in here today, I didn't know that you could operate cars on it and doesn't fuck with you and that you take it before a drive like i would have never imagined that i i do you know i'm not saying that everybody right. I, I don't want to be here and be irresponsible i don't think every i don't want to say oh everybody should take kratom and everybody you know but right. i i feel like i feel like i know that it's safe enough to try for okay. example i know it's safe enough for anybody to to try so i i've seen it i've seen it in, in you know thousands of people that are that are using it i get emails every day from people that take Kratom because we're doing a documentary. Mm -hmm. And you know as well, you know, when you're, I, I feel that media has the power to change the world. I feel like what you do, what I do, we actually have a voice and we have a power that can change people's minds. My film, Bigger, Stronger, Faster, completely changed people's minds on steroids. It did, it changed my mind. 
it, it gave me a, a view into it that I never had before. And uh, that, and then there was a, was it an HBO special? Was it Real Sports did a whole thing on, on steroids? Yeah, yeah, Real Sports. Yeah. yeah, it was Real Sports. And they were, you know, essentially saying, where's the bodies? Like, what, everyone's talking about people dying from steroid overdoses. No, it's not what's happening. They're dying from pain pills. I didn't get to tell you how I turned around on marijuana. Huh. Oh, the ahead. Joe Rogan experience, <laughs> listening to your show. You know, that's why I say media is important. I feel like it's we can change the world. We can change things. I was dead set against it. Thought it was for losers. I'm like, oh, Joe Rogan smokes pot. Maybe it's not so bad. So I started doing the research. I'm not saying I just jumped in and started doing it, but I've done the research and I know enough that it's that it's safe. You know, we know it's 100 percent safe. I mean, you could definitely take too much of it. Just like you were saying, you could take too much Kratom. You can get too fucking high and freak out. That's true, but if you just get a little bit high, you're gonna be all right. Mar marijuana and kratom are both—they're both miracle plants. They're both plants that are put here. I—you know—if you believe in God, I believe that you know these things were put here on the planet for us to use to heal ourselves, to feel better. There's nothing wrong with feeling better. I think we have a big aversion in this country to be people being able to feel better. Like anything—you know—I don't—you know—taking you know, know, kratom, oh, it makes you feel better. Like why is that a crime? It shouldn't be a crime. Mm. It should be—you know—we have alcohol on the market that makes people feel better. We have cigarettes and tobacco, and that makes people feel better. They get a little buzz from it or whatever. Why not Kratom? Like, what's the big deal? Yeah, we have a reluctance to indulgence in some ways, right? Like, we're worried about indulging in something, <laughs> something pleasurable, like it's bad for you. Well, people say, oh, Kratom, I heard that makes you high. And I'm like, well, first of all, what would be wrong? Like, what would be so bad with that? Like, right. that's, that's a good feeling for a lot of people. I don't, I don't see that that's so bad to have a little bit of euphoria you know right. like, now being high on cocaine or crack or whatever that's a completely different story we're not talking about that we're just talking about like a little elevation in your mood yeah there's a big difference between being high and being impaired sure right and i think we uh, we put those two together and they're always in the same category for some strange reason and they don't necessarily have to be like a nice cup of coffee gets you high yeah i mean it does look i drink a cup of coffee in the morning and I, I start slapping my hands together and i want to start doing shit you know if i drank that little caveman coffee nitro i'd be bouncing off the walls yeah you know I'm because sure. that's so strong and it's i don't think there's anything wrong with it i love it you know i think it should be legal and i think that you know if kratom's in the same league as coffee and starbucks is the biggest business in our country like why why is it so bad so since the people like, you know, people that are sober and that are helping you with that, they have concerns about it. And there's a lot of people that can, it seems like this is a drug or a plant, I should say, that just does not have enough. There's not enough data. There's not enough research. Not enough research. Yeah. And that's what we want to do. We would like, you know, look, every time there's been an epidemic in this country, we had a polio outbreak. Right. And our president was affected by it. So what did we do? We decided, you know what? No more polio. Let's fix the problem. I don't see why the government doesn't say, look, we're losing a person every 19 minutes. This is way more serious than polio. Why are we not putting funding into researching things like Kratom? There's other things that are like Kratom, too. Why aren't we researching these things? There's another plant called Akiyuma, another plant called Soursop. There's several plants that are, that are like Kratom, do, the, do similar things. Why can't we study those to stop the deaths, to, like, slow it down, you know, to, to make a dent? and the deaths from, from opiate addiction. There's no reason why the government can't fund that. 
Now, what are these other plants? Akayuma, and what was the other one? One's called Akayuma, and one's called Soursop. And the reason why I even know about those is because what happens as soon as something gets banned, you look for the next thing. Right, right. <laughs> oh, wow. So you're a step ahead. I don't even know what those things do, but I know we, like, as soon as uh, Kratom was banned, we were on the internet looking for, like, well, what else is like it? Because... I, I don't want to have to deal without it. Well, I think it was you that tweeted something, and I, I might have retweeted or just read it, but you tweeted something about someone getting arrested, like some big drug bust where they busted him for Kratom, which wasn't even illegal. <laughs> yeah, that's that, that's a weird thing. That was a guy, I think um, maybe because that, that, that guy's neighbors had it out for him. Oh. They sort of like had it out for him, and they saw these big green bags of what they thought was drugs at his house, and the cops went to raid it, and they were like, well, we're not sure what this is, so we're going to have to arrest you. Oh, God. You know what I mean? It causes, like, a pretty pretty weird problem. You know, the thing was, when they made it illegal, I had two giant boxes of Kratom sitting in my garage, and all I could think about was, like, okay, the cops are going to come here, and they're going to bust me because they know I'm doing a documentary about it. I'm going to be, the, you know, the marked man. Right. But I decided that, like, no matter what happened, I was going to keep those boxes in my garage, and I wasn't going to worry about it because I figured, like, what, what are they going to do, come arrest me? You know how stupid that would look? Because that's all going in the documentary. Right. You know, yeah. so I, I don't really have a fear that other people have because I feel like I put everything on camera and put everything, you know, out there. So I feel like but, – uh, but other people, it is serious. Like, the um, – the vet I was talking about, he can't live without Kratom. What are we going to do? Take it away from him? What are we going to do in the meantime? You know, if we if we ban it, what are we going to do? What are we going to do with that guy? Yeah. Like, where is he going to go? Back on opiates? To the VA hospital? Like, it's... <sighs> Fuck. What a weird situation. So we really need you, Chris. <laughs> this, this documentary is actually important. Yeah, it's very, it's very important. important. It, it's very important because it's not just about Kratom. Yeah. This is about how the DEA and the FDA protect the interests of our federal government. And, you know, they keep the money all in the pool to themselves and they don't want anybody else in. And I feel like it's just greed. It's total greed. It's not it has nothing to do with it being dangerous. Well, we're, we're definitely more aware of that kind of greed and those kind of compromises where these companies compromise various branches of the government for their own personal interest. And this Kratom is a perfect example of that because... So many people, including me, know almost nothing about it. This is a weird one. You know, this is one where they almost got in, like, before people could understand what, what exactly it was, which is rare in 2016. There's something like that available. They've never had anything like this. The DEA has never seen, you know, a reply like this. There was 100,000 people that signed, you know, a petition. But one thing that I need to uh, get out there to everybody, the one, the one way we can keep this legal and keep other things legal as well is everybody needs to go to a, a website that the DEA has set up. It's called kratomcomments.org. So just K-R-A-T-O-M comments.org. You can go there and you can leave, you know, up to a 5,000-word message, you know, about Kratom. And it doesn't have to be from somebody who takes it. Like, you could just be like, hey, I think this should – I watched it, this podcast and I, I really feel this needs to be researched more. And, you know, whatever, whatever you feel – needs to be said, you can just say it here. So, you know, like I went on and I left a comment 
um, about why I use it and what I like about it. And I feel like everybody that does needs to do that or they're not doing their job. And what is that? Put that back up again, Jamie, please. It says December 21st, uh, December 1st deadline, submit your comments. Now, what is the deadline? What, well, that's what's why, it about? That's why I was a pain in the ass and kept texting you. Because <laughs> I was like, dude, can we get on before this deadline? Well, it's very important that people know that there's a deadline for these comments. And it's in a couple days, it's December 1st. And if you make a comment by December 1st, the uh, DEA has to read it. Like they have to look at it. So even if you write a bunch of gibberish, they have to read it, which is kind of funny. Yeah, but don't, re don't do that though, folks. They'll <laughs> go, he's on Kratom, he can't even yeah, he's fucking on Kratom, spell. he can't spell. No, but yeah. I'm saying they have, to, they have to look at all of them. So if we can get 10,000 comments, I think there's maybe half that right now, and your show is so powerful. If we can get 10,000 comments, then this is gonna stay legal. Wow. So it was supposed to be Schedule 1. They, they had a plan to make it Schedule 1 a while ago. It's very interesting. The DEA only has one option. The, the, only, the DEA has an emergency scheduling. So there was a drug called Flocka. Have you heard of Flocka? No. Jamie, can you look up Flocka, F-L-A-K-K-A? Because you have to see this. Flocka was a drug in Florida where everybody was going crazy. They were, like, smashing shit. And, like, really? They were, like, smashing through their car windows and jumping on cars, and they were like zombies. And that got banned, like, immediately. And nobody, there was no, like, there was nobody that stuck up no for it. No new synthetic killer drug. Yeah, wow. Ooh. That was something. See, it made him crazy. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> well, you see, like, what some of these people do? Like, look that, at these oh people. Oh, my God. That they're guy's on, on They're on Flocka. Is that real? But see, what happens is, I don't know. I don't know. It's a synthetic drug. So Whoa. I think Kratom gets lumped in with these synthetic drugs like Spice and Flocka that are, watch this guy jumps into the back of the car. Oh my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, see, like. What the fuck? This is someone on Flocka? Holy shit. That's, Can you imagine? That's like that, that's like that movie. Watch, he, comes, he goes flying off the car, back into the car. It's amazing. Whoa. What the fuck? Why am I not Look at here? this guy smashing, you know? Oh, my God. <laughs> it's like the most entertaining video I've ever seen. So even if it's not real, I love it. But this... I think it was um, a drug that they were selling in head shops down in Florida. And it got banned within, like, I don't know, a couple months of it being on always the Always fucking Florida. God it's always damn Florida. Florida. The gateway to demonic possession. I was saying that seems like that's like I am legend, like those fucking crazy th things from <laughs> that Will Smith movie. The monsters, yeah. The yeah. Zombies, right? So this guy jumped on this guy's hood and he's trying to well, shake him off. Is that what happened? All here? I'm saying is that when we sell things, you know, things that they sell in in head shops, like they they sold spice. Remember, spice was a synthetic yeah. marijuana. And the problem with it is that um, a lot of times they're unregulated. Like nobody, you know, that spice just came on the market. There was no regulation. They were selling yeah. it in head shops. They were getting away for it. Like I think everybody puts this stuff on the market to get away with it. But when Kratom was put on the market, it wasn't put on the market to get away with it. You know, it, it's been in, like the, the problem is like, there's a there's a law in America called the Deshay Act. Have you heard of that? No. D, it's a, Deshay is basically the Dietary Supplement Health something act right i forget but basically what it does is anything that was on the market before 1994 gets grandfathered in and is a legal supplement so like even if they didn't do the research on it or whatever if before 1994 and that's something that orrin hatch put in place to kind of keep the supplement industry you know it helped the supplement companies mm -hmm. it doesn't help us as a consumer because we don't know what we're getting because there's right. no regulation but um but I feel like that, you know, that Deshay Act says if there was a supplement on the market be before 1994, um, that it needs to stay legal. And and um, Kratom has been sold uh, in Florida. They've been selling it for 30 years. 
You know, they've been selling it before 1994. So I'm actually just trying, I'm, I'm actually went to the uh, Freedom of Information Act and summons the uh, records. We summon the records for uh, importation of Kratom. Now, if we can prove that Kratom's been imported to the United States before 1994, we have a pretty solid case to say, you know, look, this gets grandfathered in just like everything else. Wow. So it'll be grandfathered in as a nutritional supplement. I don't know. I mean, it's, I, I'm sure they're going to make it harder than that. You know, I'm sure right. like if we have the proof, but I'm just going out at full blast. You know, I feel like if you go out something with everything you got and you, and you look down every avenue, you're going to find something, you know, it's kind of like a, I feel like a lawyer right now. Wow. What a strange predicament. But it's it's very unusual that there's something that's this well loved by the people that are taking it, but so little is known about it by most people, including me. I have to say something that's very important. The people that are against Kratom are just against the fact that they don't know a lot about it. Right. There there's very few people that are like really dead set against it. There's a congresswoman down in Florida who's dead set against it because they want to boost, you know, their election. They they want oh, okay. they want people to vote for them. So they say, oh, we took this off the street. We saved your children. You're like right. she doesn't really know nothing about kratom, like to to make it illegal. You what has she said about it? Does she is she well, said anything? She ignorant? told me this is great. You interviewed her. Yeah, I interviewed her down in Florida, and she told me that you know, look, when you talk to a mother who whose baby was born addicted to kratom, mm. she's like, that's going to change you. And I said, can you get me that mother's name, address, and phone number so we can contact her. Uh, yeah, yeah, sure. We'll get around to it. They've never produced that. We've asked what, them like three or four. She was claiming there really was a mother whose well, baby was addicted to we, Kratom? We've asked three or four times and we haven't gotten it. However, however, I did interview a girl in Washington, D.C. who said that her baby was born, um, she was born, her baby was born addicted to opiates. And that was a terrible, terrible thing that she had to go through. And, um, and now she takes Kratom and she's fine and she's not going to relapse and she'll be fine. And her daughter ended up being fine and stuff like that. So what I'm saying is like these opiates are what people are being born addicted to, not, right. not Kratom. You know, they're looking down the wrong, they're looking down the wrong rabbit hole. You know, like think, yeah. you know. So does Kratom have any potential addictive side effects? Is that? We don't know. I, it's hard to tell. You know, I, I, I can give you. How often do you take it? I take it usually every day, but I can give you some anecdotal evidence that I went to Thailand for two weeks uh, a couple months ago, and I had been taking Kratom for four months straight. Then I had a two-week, you know, in Thailand. We were actually shooting a kickboxer movie, and after uh, after I got back from Thailand, uh, I wasn't I wasn't jonesing for Kratom. Like, I, I, I didn't take it for two weeks because it's illegal there. Mm -hmm. So there was, like, a reason not to. Oh, it is illegal there. Yeah, like, the last thing, like, I've never been to Thailand, and, like, last thing I want right. to do is show up to Thailand and end up in Thai prison. Yeah, that doesn't sound fun. No, it doesn't sound fun at all. So I was like, you know, I was like, maybe they, maybe they don't even take this seriously there, and maybe it's bullshit, but I'm not bringing it. But it is illegal over there? Uh, yeah, it's illegal in Thailand. You know why it's illegal in Thailand? This is, like, it's really interesting, because if you look at this, you know, like Mang Da is what they call it. It's like a kind of a Thai, mm -hmm. a Thai name. But the reason um, why it's illegal in Thailand is because it was cutting into the opium profits. Oh, Jesus so Christ. So what happens is um, people... <laughs> well, that's probably exactly the same pressure over here. Exactly. But so pills. This happened in the 40s, oh, 1942 wow. or 3. They, <laughs> they banned Kratom and they wanted to... Um, they basically kept it illegal because it was cutting into the money. People People were taking it instead of... Opium instead of heroin. Wow. And wow. That's, that's the same thing that's going to happen in this, this country, but it's going to be different. In this country, it's going to solve a problem, you know. Is, is opium legal in Thailand? I don't think it's legal, but, like, I think even, you know, it's like they just try to get it, get Kratom, 
crate them out so that nobody was taking it. Oh, I understand. So the the people that were profiting off of opium, like they made, period. I think kratom's more illegal than opium, if that makes sense. That's hilarious. Wow. <sighs> what a weird rabbit hole this is. Yeah, the whole you know to me the whole thing is interesting because I completely get the other side. I don't want anybody taking something that's unsafe. I don't want to market something right. that's unsafe. But I don't make a dime from selling kratom. Like that's not right. You're not what, selling it. Yeah. That's not where my income comes from, and I'm not going to sell it. So it's like it's not something where I'm like, hey man, I can make billions of dollars off this. Let me just go. Well, on. Not only that, if anybody would have uh, an interest in not promoting something that's addictive, it would be a guy like you who has an intimate knowledge of what it's like to be addictive and under the spell. Sure. I think addiction needs to be looked at in a certain way, though, where you look at addiction and you go like, okay, I'm addicted to coffee. It's no big deal. You know, like, what is that going to, what is, what's the problem? Mm -hmm. You know, what's the problem being like people are addicted to coffee? What's the problem? There really is no problem. Addicted just need coffee. Addicted to sugar will lead to problems down the road, but not a problem today. Right. Addicted to cigarettes lead to a problem down the road, but not a problem today. You know, so we don't really know. There's not any long-term studies to show that Kratom is good in the long term. There's not any studies. But we can go by the evidence that we do have. You know, and they've done a lot of studies in mice and all the studies in in mice. Like none of the mice die, you know. They're not. Mm. And and the number one um, opiate addiction study they did was at uh, University of – it's Ole Miss, whatever that – Mississippi. So Mm -hmm. Ole Miss, um, Christopher McCurdy, he's a guy they're doing – uh, the research, and he really feels that this could be the savior for the opiate epidemic. He feels that they need to make it stronger. He feels they need to extract it, make it stronger, and that would be used for the opiate epidemic. So that's why I said I think it, it, there is potential for it to be studied as both a dietary supplement and as a drug. Because if you can if you can make something out of kratom, that's going to help a lot of people. You know, it's like what's the big? I, I don't really see it as a big problem if if it could be both. Right. You know what I mean? Like, let them make their money and whatever, but keep it legal for us. So in doing your documentary, what have you, what have you learned about the push to try to make it illegal? And when, when did it all start? It all started, I think, um, shoot, when did it start? It started, like, over the summer. Um, I actually started doing the documentary a little bit before it. I was like, well, maybe people she should know about this. Maybe this is oh, something. Oh, so you were doing it just to let people know about it, and then along the way, it started to be threatened. It was weird. It was like I started doing it going like is this going to be a movie or is this more like an infomercial like what is what is right. this going to be you know right. like i don't i don't want it to be like an infomercial cuz i'm not selling it or making money off of it i want it to be something that's very honest about what this product does and so to me the ban and the controversy is the best thing that it could ever happen because now people know about it and they're aware as you long as a, it doesn't get banned we're okay you have a knack for that you know <laughs> you think about it like in prescription thugs you're making this documentary on pill addiction and then you get hurt during the middle of it start taking pills and become addicted to pills during the middle of a documentary <laughs> on pill addiction i'm either uh, blessed or cursed i don't know what i don't know what that is you know <laughs> you you might fucking manifest it or something man i i hope not because actually the next documentary is about cancer oh right? Jesus the, the reason well the reason i'm doing that the reason i do all my documentaries is because like i said we have the power to change the way people think and we have the power to open up people's minds about things that they might not know about. Well, and also explore things. You're very good at exploring things in a very objective way, in a very honest way. And I think that that's so important in today's day and age because it's so hard to know where, why a person's 
promoting something in, in one way or not promoting something in another way. It's like, what is the interest behind it? What's the motivation behind it? Sure. So to know that there's a guy like you who's doing this stuff, just <clears throat> completely honest and open and raw like that, it's very, very important. Well, thank you. I really appreciate it. Like, number one, be, being respected by somebody like you, it just means so much to me because, you know, all my life, all, all I ever wanted to do was like, I always wanted to prove myself. I always thought I had to, you know, prove myself as a kid, like, oh, I did this or that. But I feel like these movies just kind of automatically do that for me. I think you're They've absolutely been, like, right. like automatically validating like everything I've tried to do my whole life. You know, I wanted to be a big feature filmmaker and make Arnold Schwarzenegger movies. And that couldn't be the furthest, that's the furthest thing from my mind right now is to make movies that are, you know, big action movies that are mindless. I want to make big, you know, big documentaries that are smart. Well, it's interesting as life goes on and, you know, you change and evolve and, you you know, your motivations change. But I, I recommend your movies to a lot of people, man, uh, particularly the prescription thugs because of you. this. So many issues that have come up over the last, you know, it seems like the last couple decades in this country are just the unprecedented numbers of people that are addicted to pills it's crazy there's a couple million people like walking around completely checked out yeah. you know and i feel like uh it, it definitely needs to be I, I i still i can't wrap my mind around why the government hasn't stepped in and said we have to fight this opiate epidemic i think they're getting paid off why, I think why isn't the government putting making the companies that make oxycontin like for example purdue pharma purdue pharma admitted like, we got all these people addicted. We lied to doctors. They admitted it, and they got yeah. fined. But the fine was only, like, a little tiny percent of what they made. You get fined $200 million, or even if you get fined a billion dollars, you made $8 billion, who cares? Yeah, you and don't even feel it because you're going to make another billion next year, they another call billion it, after that. They actually call it the price of doing business. They build in those <sighs> fines into, you know, into the product, so they know, you know, hey, we're probably going to get fined on this for $400 million. Let's just build it in the, the cost of the drug. I mean, it's, it's an insane system that we have here for products that are supposed to help people. Well, it's also this disingenuous thing that politicians do where they pretend they're looking out for the people, but yet, how are you? How come you haven't heard a single politician in decades say a word about cigarettes? You know, <laughs> Obama got into office, he was smoking cigarettes sure. when he got in, which is just, that's half a million people just in this country die prematurely every year because of that. And I think, uh, you know, if we look at tobacco and we look at the problems with tobacco, what's the big problems with it? They put all these chemicals mm -hmm. in the tobacco. And if they could just ban that look yeah. i don't think actual natural tobacco is that bad for you well how many people are dying from cigars not a lot not a lot not, not that i know i of. mean maybe it's abuse maybe if you get crazy with it but that's kind of like wine yeah. you know wine is great but if you drink wine like four or five <laughs> bottles a day you're gonna kill your liver yeah it's just like so many things But i feel like things like that like wine and like wine feels like kind of like kratom has this sort of self-limiting thing like wine you could drink too much of it but if you feel so shitty right you know? and it's like kratom's kind of the same way like as you take too much of it you'll just feel so crappy that you're you're gonna what, know never to do that again what you're, does it do like what how does it make you feel crappy because you said you stomach ache too much just stomach, stomach ache. ache nausea um you know and when i say so i guess i should i should mention that what i actually took I don't even know if it was Kratom. What I took was a product, and I'll never do this again. It was it was like some extract that somebody gave me, and I tried it, and that's what made me sick. Oh. So it could have been way stronger than regular Kratom. There could have been something else in it, but that's sort of that was my first like, okay, be smart about this. Mm. Look at the look at the packaging. And a lot a big problem with uh, Kratom is most of the Kratom that's on the market. This is the only company in the entire country or world that packages Kratom like a dietary supplement. Every other supplement, if you look on the back, it'll say right here, not for human consumption. No, That's a problem. Can they buy, Can people buy this right now? Yeah, they could buy it, yeah. They, for now? Sure, 
Yeah, and this company is from Vegas, so they, they do a lot of business um, in Vegas. They're actually in health food stores well, in Vegas. Explain it to people so they could get it. And obviously, you nor I have any stake in this at all. This is called Urban Ice. Um, Urban Ice Organics. They have a website? Yeah, they have a website. I believe it's UrbanIceOrganics.com or UrbanIce.com. I'm not even sure, to tell you the truth. But um, any any like head shop you know, should have Kratom. Um, they saw a lot of this in Vegas, so in Vegas, the, it's all over. Um, but you know what? Like the other thing we talked about is like, why are they making it illegal? Yeah. The guy who owns this company made a lot of money off of it. I'm sure. You know, millions yeah. and millions of dollars. So like, when you make millions and millions of dollars, people want to know, like, hey, dude, you didn't go through the process. And I think we, uh, Kelly and I, were just talking, like, what the process to uh, make something a, you know, dietary supplement is a long, arduous process. Mm -hmm. And I feel like Kratom may need to go through that process because, like, we don't have enough information on it. And it hadn't been studied. It, it's sort of something that slipped through the cracks. Like, nobody really knew about it. It wasn't that popular. And it's been around for 2,000 years. And no one ever decided to say, hey, this is a dietary supplement. Wow. Now, these other ones that you were talking about, the other ones when you were saying if, if this gets illegal, there's, there's yeah, two yeah. that are similar. Name those again. What is it again? Soursop, I think, is one of them, and Akayuma, which is like, so I don't think it's Japanese or something. But Akayuma and Soursop, I, I've never tried them. I don't know. I've just read about them. You know. Mm -hmm. But they have a similar effect, allegedly? That's what it, that's what it says, yeah. That's what they say. But Man. they haven't been as popular, so maybe, you know, like I, I feel like they're not as popular because they're probably not as good or strong, but I don't know. Man, so do we have they isolated like what is the pressure to try to get it illegal? Is there... <laughs> yeah, we we've kept trying to isolate, you know, and we've talked to the people that are against it, and they're Congress people that are against it. Uh -huh. They're grieving parents that are against it. Um, we, you know, like nobody in big pharma is going to come out and say, "Hey, we're going to make this a drug right. and screw all of you." Like they're not going to really say that. So it's really. When you get into Washington, like we were just in Washington for a week, and everything's so shady and underhanded in my mind, like all these people are are working together. They're all yeah. in cahoots, you know. Like everything's in, everything seemed to be like, I don't know. Just the the congressman that I talked to, Mark Pocan from Wisconsin, uh, marijuana and kratom are both illegal there, and he's kind of fighting for it to be legal. And like I said, he's one of the only Congress people I met that was like willing to go to bat for these kind of things. And I think we need more. Congress people like that that are looking out for the citizens. So there are state laws against it. Uh, there's six states I believe that have banned kratom. I think there Wisconsin's one of them, uh, Tennessee, Alabama. I don't remember the rest of them, but there's a couple states where it's banned. Hmm. And what do they cite when they say that it's deaths, uh, deaths, and and danger, and kids taking it. You know, everything's about protecting the children and saving the children. But, you know, none of the people in the Kratom industry have never said, like, hey, let's age restrict this. Let's make it, you know, 21 and over or right. 18 and over or 25 and over. It doesn't, you know, whatever whatever they want to do. Like, no one's even – the FDA has never even come and taught. Like, it's impossible, and this is the big problem, it's impossible to talk to the FDA or DEA. I just spoke to the, the – um, spokesman for the DEA last week, Melvin Patterson. And I said, hey, Mr. Patterson, I would really like to come down and do an interview with you. He's like, oh, yeah, sorry, we don't do that. And I want to say, well, like, you work for me. Like, you know, we, yeah. pay, we pay their salaries. I know people hear that all the time, but like, I think there just needs to be more transparency. 100%. In, in the DEA and the FDA. You can't find out, the FDA is like Scientology. 
Like you can't find out anything about it. Like when you try to do research on it, you try to find out, you know, who's doing what or whatever. There's not a whole lot of transparency. And that's why documentary film like makers like me have to use like the Freedom of Freedom of Information Act, where wow. if we request something from the government, you know, they have to give it to us. And that's something that really helps us. So this is a I mean, we were talking about what a rabbit hole this is, but this is a weird rabbit hole for you to have started this out as something like you're you're finding this plant to be beneficial. You see all these people that are benefiting from it, and you're like, hey, this is a great subject. I'm going to let the world know about it. And then as you're doing it, it there's you, you start feeling this dark push for it to be Schedule 1 and, and to start making it legal. What's that journey been like? Um, weird, you know? I think um, scary a little bit because... Uh, you start this thing, and then I thought it was just gonna go, you know, go down the two. I mean, I thought they were gonna maybe make it illegal, and then, you know, maybe we have nothing, you know, because yeah. one, once you make something a Schedule One drug, it's impossible. Ask the people, mar the marijuana people, it's impossible to take it off a of Schedule One. Right. It's it can happen, but it's really hard. So I think the the idea is not to get it there in the first place. Well, there know? was talk about the DEA removing marijuana from Schedule One this summer, and they backed out of it. They were. Ju I just read like some more about that today that's still kind of up in the air huh like well they got close to it and they said they were going to reconsider it and apparently a lot of people were very hopeful they thought this is going to be it schedule one's ridiculous no medicinal value i mean they've shown marijuana to cure some forms of cancer to say there's no medicinal value for it is completely ridiculous we need to start dumping our money into researching these plants because like how like look you have these pharma companies, and I don't know if you've seen this show on Discovery where they show you how they come up with new drugs. They basically take, like, there's a machine, and it's like this fucking robot, and it takes, like, every fucking substance in the world and combines it until, like, it makes millions and millions of different, different kind of fucking, like, things, you know, different kind of drugs. And then they start testing it on, like, every different disease to see if it works. So it's like, it's like shooting in the dark. It's like, they have no, like... They're like, there's a machine that'll just make a drug and then they figure out if it works on something rather than like, we already know that Kratom works for this, this, and this. And we already know that marijuana works for this, this, and this. Why not put the money into studying that rather than shooting in the dark, making some weird, you know. Combination of have shit. You, have you seen that? that no, machine I haven't that, seen it at all. I'll but have to find that, that, that video sound, for it you. It sounds almost like, it, it sounds like uh, they're, it's like, a, like, you know, the, like they use those algorithms to try to work the stock market. It's something like, yeah, similar. They're just throwing <laughs> numbers up. Yeah. Well, there's a lot of them that come out real bad. I mean, I know a dude who uh, had a stroke, a young guy from Vioxx. That stuff. Oh, that yeah. Get, yeah, yeah. You should probably know about that. Yeah, because it's a arthritis. Arthritis medication. Yep. Yeah, I know a guy in his 30s had a fucking stroke really? on that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, see, that's they serious. It. They pulled it off the market. Yeah, they pulled that off the market. I think there was 55,000 deaths from <laughs> Vioxx. And Kratom? Zero. Oh, weird. Marijuana? How Zero. Many? <laughs> there you go. How strange. Yeah. Man, that's uh, it's there's a business in selling people pills. You know, we live and in a twisted world. We I do mean, live in a twisted world. The fact world. that people are gonna keep that from somebody who's in pain is ridiculous. Well, I'm hoping that as time goes on, we're slowly starting to understand that it is impossible for your doctor to know all the ramifications and repercussions. Sure. Involved in any any drug. Yeah. I, mean, I was just, just no way. I was just on the show, the doctors, with a doctor whose son was taking kratom. He, he found his son was a drug addict. And he kind of found out about it. And then his son said, Dad, I'm going to get off all the heroin. I'm going to start taking Kratom. And he said his son has been on Kratom now for, I don't know, like six months. He's been sober. He's been happier than he's ever been. And um, this doctor is 100% you know, down with it. And he was on the show, The Doctors With Me, and he was arguing with, you know, there's a the, the guy from uh, 
what's that show? Intervention. One of the dudes from Intervention was on the doctors with us, arguing like, yeah, people get addicted to Kratom all the time. And it's like, dude, you're a marketing guy. Like these people in rehab, like you gotta understand, the reason why if you Google Kratom, rehabs come up is because rehabs have marketing teams. They're trying to get as many people into the doors as they can. So they tell you Kratom's bad and they put it on their website. Narconon is a big uh, rehab center. They're owned by Scientologists and they're all over the Kratom thing saying like, hey, are you addicted to Kratom? Call us, wow. you know? And it's just like, I feel like the people that get addicted to her, like I, I went to rehab. I've been in rehab that, with people that were there for marijuana. And mm. you want to just be like, dude, what the fuck are you doing here? Like, but, do you remember celebrity but, rehab? Yeah. Yeah. But, but people do have a problem with it. So it's okay. Like you can go to rehab for anything. You know, right. real, so going for Kratom is no different than going for like depression or something. Or like, gambling. I mean, yeah. you go to re rehab for gambling. So I don't, I don't know why they're marketing it to people. I think it's kind of sadistic in a way. Like <laughs> they're looking for people that are on Kratom, you know, like to, you know, if, I don't know. I mean, I don't know why they. Well, perhaps the if they don't have any personal experience with it, maybe they're, it's not as nefarious as we think it is. Maybe they're just ignorant. Sure. And the, and the good rehabs aren't doing that. I should say like where I went, Cliffside Malibu, they don't have a Kratom thing on their website because they're a legitimate rehab center you know i was talking about celebrity rehab i remember when eric roberts was on it it was hilarious everybody else is shaking and throwing up and sweating eric roberts sitting there with a newspaper a cup of coffee <laughs> he cool. he's got slippers on he was just in there for pot yeah like there was no there was no withdrawal there was nothing happened you They're know like, oh what, what does it feel like he's like i yeah. feel fine i just <laughs> i just don't have weed well the the problem with when you tell somebody that they have a problem, they start thinking, fuck, I have a problem. Yeah. You know, like, have you ever had, like, had a cop behind you and you never did anything? No, but you're, like, looking you're in the like, rearview mirror and you got both yeah. hands on the wheel. And, yeah, yeah you drive, you're like, how's my license? Is it good? It's good. My license is good. Did I pay I'm my insurance? Yeah. Fuck. Do I have a gun? There's no <laughs> gun in this car. Why am I fucking freaking out? Yeah. Am I speeding? No, I'm going the speed limit. But meanwhile, there's something if someone tells you, hey, you've got a problem. You've got a problem. You might not think you have a problem, but you got a problem. You're like, fuck, you got a problem. What's my problem? You know, your problem is Kratom or your, your problem is sex or your problem is whatever the fuck it is. Exercise. You're addicted to exercise. Yep. Someone can tell you you have a problem. And then most of us are at least a little insecure. Almost everybody I know sure. is at least a little insecure. And as soon as someone accuses you of something, you're, you're, you start considering the possibility they're right. Yeah. And then sometimes you try to hide it more. Yes, that's that's my my you know as an addict. I was like, okay, well now they're on to me. I better really, really hide this. I had a conversation one day with my dad. I'll never forget it. My dad is like the nicest person in the world. You've seen him in the movies. And one day, um, I was out of money. I'm in my 40s and I'm out of money. That's ridiculous. That's stupid. You know what I mean? Because right. I was a but I was a drug addict. So my dad said to me, I don't know what's wrong with you, but I think you're a drug addict or an alcoholic or something. But there's no reason why a guy in their 40 years old should be out of money. And I'm like, you know what, man? He's right. And that, it was that conversation that it was about three months before I went to rehab. But, like, that was the conversation. Huh. It was that conversation. It was, it was my dad being disappointed in me. It was, like, that conversation that really sort of shook me to the ground. Like, somebody telling me I had a problem, it, like, kind of shook me to the core. Because he yelled at me when he said it. And he never yelled at me. Wow. Well, sometimes that's all you need is one person's opinion who you really love. Yeah, boot in the ass from dad. Yeah, and you go, shit. And my dad's been through everything. You know, he's had cancer. He's had, uh, you know, his uh, half of his intestine pulled out. He's had, he's had all these issues, and they're not due to drugs or alcohol. So it makes me feel even more guilty because, like, right. my issues are just due to something I'm doing. Right, right. Well, except arthritis. Yeah. but um, I'm feeling it now. I don't know what it's doing, but something's going on. Got a boner? 
No. Oh. Does that happen? You should <laughs> no, probably warn no, me. No. no. <laughs> Shit, man. I wish. <laughs> um, no, nah, just uh, I feel good. Um, it doesn't, it's not uh, not negatively affecting me in any way. I don't feel slow or anything like that. That's what I was uh, assuming it was. I mean, literally, today, one of the things that I wanted to do before um, talking to you about this, I wanted to do no research. Because I, I literally wanted to uh, just go in with my ignorance so that I can question you from ignorance. Inter interestingly enough, if you try to do research, it's kind of uh, it's kind of biased right off the bat from Google. Like when you, like I said, when you search kratom, a lot of times what comes up are the rehab centers that are paying to be. Right, let's try it right know. now. And then if you type in kratom ban, you'll get more of a across the board, up and down. You know. I'm gonna try it with Bing because I've been using Windows. So let's see if they have a th the same thing. What do you say, Matthew? Mocking Bing? I don't know. <laughs> oh no, Bing is not bad, man. I don't. I don't have any problems with Bing. Okay, kratom red on Amazon.com. See, they're trying to sell you it. Oh, they're trying to sell it. Yeah, kratom red. Okay, drug abuse, kratom effects. Okay, Narconon. I did not know Narconon is owned by Scientology. That's I didn't know crazy. that either. But I have a uh, my buddy Anthony Roberts. He was like uh, when I was doing bigger, stronger, faster. It was like this dude that would always hit me up online about stuff and he kind of knew everything so i hired him to work on this movie as a as a researcher and a writer and he's been he's been teaching me a lot about how to find stuff you know let's let's see what the narconon people have to say about it effects of drugs so it's narconon.org the effects of drug abuse it says kratom is a relatively new drug to the u.s and europe and has been used for many years in southeast asia as an anti-diarrheal medicine Hey. Does I, it really? You know, I've heard that. Yeah, a lot of people. So you got diarrhea, you take Kratom. A painkiller <laughs> and a recreational drug. Kratom is the popular name for a tree, and the drug comes from its leaves. The drug may be bought in leaf form, but in this country is more likely pur purchased as a capsule with a powdered leaf material or chopped up in the form of a leaf that can be used for a tea or for smoking. Yeah, this says tea on it. Do people make actual tea? Yeah, they make this? tea out of it. Does it yeah. taste like shit? Uh, it tastes tastes like shit. I, I think it tastes terrible. It's pretty um pretty bitter, you know. It says the effects of Kratom come on rather quickly and last between five and seven hours, although high doses can last longer. It's heavily promoted as a legal, undetectable safe drug that can be used uh, to come off stronger drugs. It is not illegal in the United States, but the breakdown products of kratom can be detected in some drug tests is that true like for people like work at ups or something i haven't seen that happen no so i don't i don't think that's true they might be the scaring you yeah they're probably trying to get you to join no up. i don't think it would show up on a drug test because it's not an opiate it's not the, it doesn't have the same you know mm. same ingredients it says the breakdown products of kratom can be detected with some drug tests hmm. maybe. maybe maybe some drug tests that are looking well there are there is a specific drug test that looks for it you know mm. that goes that will go in and look you know look for just kratom and that's what they that's what they use when uh, somebody commits suicide or whatever and they said oh is there is there kratom in their in their system or whatever you know and uh, I, there's 15 deaths from kratom uh, 14 of the 15 deaths are all polypharmacy which means you were taking several different things right. Mo most of the time it's like polypharmacy but it's like oh they were taking you know Xanax Vicodin and kratom and you're like well, why would you blame it on the kratom it seems like the least yeah you know egregious of all of them if it's only in combination with other pharmaceuticals that sounds then there's crazy. no deaths yeah i mean that's like marijuana like you know it's like who know like who knows how many people have died on marijuana and it's, other drugs it's funny that you bring up thailand because they're using thailand as an example here more than thirteen thousand people were arrested for kratom related crimes 
in Thailand. That's just because it's illegal in Thailand yeah, to illegal. preserve the opiate industry. They conveniently ignore that. So the drug is abused for its abused for its sedative or stimulating effects. Not used. It says abused. Well, see, the thing is, I, I don't think that, like, taking a normal, like, a, you know, <laughs> I think I, if I took, you know, 50 pills a day, that would be abusing it. I maybe right. take six pills a day. Maybe at the most 10. And you're I mean, even the term pill is a weird word because what you're basically taking is powdered plants. Yeah. Well, the, the term drug is a weird word. If you went back and read mm -hmm. that statement that you just read and substituted the word plant, it wouldn't sound bad at all. The plant comes as a powder. The plant is this. The plant does that. It wouldn't sound bad. But when you use the word drug, it yeah, really of course. paints it in a corner. Well, drug is such a weird word because it covers too many different effects. You know, it covers yeah. stimulants, depressants. So here's what it says. A person using this drug may expect or, or may not expect or want the following undesirable effects of Kratom. Edginess, nervousness, vomiting can be severe or prolonged. Nausea can be severe or prolonged. Sweating, itching, constipation, delusions, lethargy, respiratory depression, tremors, aggressive or combative behavior, psychotic episodes, hallucinations, and paranoia. There's a big thing you just mentioned there. Respiratory depression. Mm. has not been shown with Kratom. So and that's fucking with you. And that's what kills people with Oxy. What about hallucinations? Do people hallucinate on I've, Kratom? I've never met one. Psychotic episodes? Never met one. Aggressive or combative behavior? Um, nah, never, never really experienced that. The, the only thing I can say that I have experienced are like people that feel better and are in better moods. Here's an interesting one. Addiction effects may include number one, Loss of sexual desire. People are like, fuck this drug. Loss of It will what? actually prolong you during sex. Oh, shit. Prolong you. So, like, Ooh. make it harder to finish, basically. Darkening of the skin <laughs> or face. What do you want to be, black? That's, that's, why a, that's an effect. That's a, why I a take A negative it. effect. Well, you know, you know what, where that comes from, darkening of the face and the skin? Oh. It comes from uh, in Thailand when they did the study in 1975. They were researching... Uh, Migrant, like the workers, the mm -hmm. workers out in the fields. So the research of these workers out in the fields uh, that were that were chewing the, the kratom leaves, saying, "Oh, they're turning brown." Because they're out in the field they're out in the, the fucking sun. sun. <laughs> that's so stupid. So like these people are turning brown. Oh my god, that's so stupid. And that's listed as a side effect, melanin. Well, and then Ooh. you'll then you'll have people like Congress people and and other people that are fighting against this, try to use that as a fact. Here's where it gets really weird. Withdrawal effects of Kratom are very similar to those of opiate-like heroin or prescription painkillers. Let's hear those. Here's the withdrawal effects. Diarrhea. I thought it was anti-diarrhea. <laughs> Make up your fucking mind. Uh, muscle pain. I thought it's good for pain. Yeah, it's great for right? pain. Okay. Muscle tremors or, or jerking. You were well, just saying- Well, actually, the, the uh, vet, yeah. hit all his muscle jerking and twitching goes away. They're saying that that's a side effect. Ref restlessness and sleeplessness. Does it help you? Uh, you know, I haven't, nah, I haven't like really stayed up all night on it. But, you know, I, look, any, you know, there's adverse effects to everything that we could possibly ingest. Right. So it's more like let's like take a big group of these adverse effects and see which ones occur more often, you know, in people. And it really, it really hasn't been shown across the board to do all these things to everybody, you know? So like there was one guy that was on Kratom for three years and they said, he's gotta be addicted to Kratom. We're gonna study him. We're gonna see what happens when, he, when we take him off Kratom, you know, when he gets off Kratom. So he gets off Kratom and you know what happened to him? What? He had a runny nose. Whoa. 
Yeah, That's scary. That was the only, that was the only, the only thing that <laughs> that he complained about was like a runny nose. Here in large font, it says Narcanon can help the person who is addicted to kratom in large words, and then it goes back. Well, every drug has different effects. Oh man, the route back to sobriety is much the same from person to person. Recovery, recovery must include release, relief from incessant cravings near the beginnings of rehab. You know, you know what we said about we were we were talking. I actually heard your podcast, and you brought me up on a on another you know on another one of your podcasts. And we were talking about time, the mm-hmm. amount of time it takes to get sober. Yeah, and I still I still believe that, right? I still believe like it takes time, and to I still reset. Be- Sure, but the thing that we have to talk about is like you don't just take this and get off of opiates. You you take this and you go to AA meetings and you go to you, you know whatever whatever works for counseling, you. Yeah, right. you go to counseling, you go to a therapist and so you talk an to aid. them. You talk to them about why you couldn't get off the drugs and you tell them you're taking this and you say, "Hey, let's see if we can if we can solve this problem," you know, but like right. it's let's not be stupid about it. Like I went to the doctor and I got when, when I when I was addicted to opiates and I was I would drive around my car crying I'd be crying, saying I just want help. You know my brother was dying from this. I knew he was going to die from it. I knew it. So I was driving around. I, I would cry. I'd be like I need I need rehab. I need help. I don't know what to do. Every rehab I called was like four thousand dollars, six thousand dollars, and I didn't have the money at the time. I was a, a drug addict. You know I was broke. If I if I had known about something like this, back then. It would have completely changed the person I am now. Like I, I would have, I wouldn't have lost five or six years. You know. Wow, that's fucking crazy. It's just crazy. It, it's it's so it's so weird when you're a grown adult and all of a sudden you find out about something that's been around for thousands of years. It's been helping people. And you're like, how do I? I try to pay attention. How the fuck did I miss this one? For me, being like the guy who did bigger, stronger, faster, always talking about supplements and everything, I missed it too. Wow. You know, I know I know about every supplement on the market. I know everything on it makes. You know, I, I know every yeah. every supplement that's out there. I look at them. I want to see what they do. You know, and um, you know, I, I missed it. It's uh that that is really fascinating. It's just really really fascinating. So now we're in this state where the DEA held off its Schedule One distinction. Right? They they were going to designate it as a Schedule One. Sure. And. The, the DEA isn't, I think, uh, this big monster that everybody thinks. Everybody's like, oh, the DEA and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. I think the DEA, um, I believe, from what I've gathered from this whole situation, is uh, they, they're not happy about what happened. They, they, they didn't know. They weren't aware that this many people use Kratom and are happy about it. I, I think that they really didn't know. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's like... I don't think it's as devious as people think. Like, I don't think it was a big, you know, it, and now it, it definitely could be something that is pushed by big pharma. But I feel like the way that the DEA has reacted so far has been, you know, pretty normal, pretty like reasonable. Like, yeah, reasonable. Yeah. Like it's been like, like, hey, OK, I'm sorry. Let's open up a website and take some comments. Mm, well, I, I really hope people listen to this. Get to it. Give it the give the address out one more time. It's Kratom comments dot org. Kratom comments dot org. K-R-A-T-O-M comments.org. And um, so December 1st, once December 1st rolls around, which is right around the corner, what happens if they get a bunch of notes and, I mean, they have to get 10,000? Is that what well, it has to be? Well, they don't have to get any certain number, but I think if they get 10,000, it's like that's the number we were, everybody that's was, what you're aiming for? was aiming for. You know, like what's great is um, I've actually become friends with a lot of people in this Kratom community, and it's not the kind of people that you would think, like, 
you know, I feel like um, when I went to the Kratom March in Washington, D.C., I didn't know what kind of people I was going to meet, you know, but I met, you know, mothers and grandmothers and, you know, like all these people that were like, they were like my mom, you know, and I wasn't expecting that. I was expecting to meet a bunch of people like, Hippies. what's up, dude? You right. know, and that kind of that kind of guy, yeah, you know, yeah. saying like, yeah, man, the government sucks. Let's keep this legal. But Tower like, seven, bro. Look into it. It was it was vets, you know, veterans that right. fought overseas for us and, you know, have risked a lot for us. It was uh, mothers and grandmothers and people like that more than it was of these uh, devious characters that they think are using Kratom. Wow. So. This is this is a really important issue. And when when is your documentary going to come out? We're hoping the documentary will come out early next year. So it's just a matter of how fast we can get it together. So how, we're how, almost done shooting. Okay, so now it's just the editing process, and then also, are you, you going to wait around to see what happens after December first? Yeah, or? yeah, we'll we'll wait around. We're going to start editing. We're starting editing right now. So basically, you know, if things happen, for example, Bernie Sanders is one of the guys who signed. The Kratom letter. I want to talk to him. I'd love to talk. He, he's kind of an amazing guy to me. I would love to pick his brain about this and see what he thinks. So it's impossible to nail these people down. Right. But you never know when you might get five minutes with Bernie at a rally somewhere. You know, right. so we're going to continue to try to get those those bigger names that we wanted to get. I think they're important. Orrin Hatch is involved in this. Orrin Hatch is a senator from Utah that's been very involved in the dietary supplements for a long, long time. Mm -hmm. So uh, we, we'd like to get his opinion on it and... You know, but like the, it's kind of crazy. I, w I would hope that the DEA and the FDA would listen to this interview and like sit with us and do an interview. Like I, yeah. would, I would love to like just let them speak their mind. I, I don't do interviews where I go in and, and ambush people. No, you I, don't. I let them speak their mind. No, you don't at all. Um, I, I think I took it probably an hour ago, right? How long did I take it? 10, Maybe. 15 minutes into the show. It's, uh, yeah. I mean,. I guess I have like a mild, very mild stimulant sort of effect that I feel, but uh, it's 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 nothing um, nothing to be concerned with. You're not dying. I'm not. It doesn't mm -hmm. uh, me. You know. I mean, yeah. I, it doesn't really. Like I've taken some stuff before. I I I was in Colorado this weekend and I took a lot of edibles. Whoa. <laughs> Who those fucking people aren't screwing around, man. They're going deep in Colorado. Yeah, man. I heard your uh, special talking about edibles. That was amazing. Oh, but you're pretty sensitive to them, too, right? I guess. I don't know, man. I'm more sensitive than Joey Diaz. Joey I, Diaz, that like, I'm on that level, like 300 milligrams. I'm yeah? Like, yeah, that's cool. That's what you take? Oh, I, I, I don't even do it because I just have, I would have to take too much of it. Well, one time I did a podcast with Sam Harris recently, and I have this spray that is uh, 1,000 milligrams. Like I guess it's a what? thousand milligrams in the whole bottle, but it's like I don't know. I don't know exactly. That's just a how, spray. Yeah, these. This is the more mild version. This one's one hundred and seventy-five milligrams. Which THC I think, or yeah, it's like twenty milligrams a pump or oh. ten milligrams between ten and twenty milligrams a pump, depending on how strong the stuff. Who is. makes that? Uh, this is Jumbo. Jumbo makes a bunch of great stuff, all organic. They use like honey. Jumbo. And, yeah. Where do you get that? At a dispensary. I'll hook you up. <laughs> but the uh, hey, you want one of these? Take this one. All Take right. the spray. Enjoy. Don't get crazy. You know what's weird? You get I don't. Crazy, you I don't. Get it from me, pal. I don't like to smoke pot. I like I like this stuff better because I'm just so used to taking yeah. things like that. So and I, I also feel like I don't want to get back into the whole. My girlfriend would flip out if I started smoking pot. Mm. You know, but to use some like edible stuff and 
play around with this and see if it works for pain and stuff like that to me is something that's very very viable yeah, isn't that funny where people worry about like smoking is like oh he's smoking drugs <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but if you're spraying breath spray under your tongue it's like ah he's just relieving pain you know i just think we need to open our minds to a lot of these substances that are out there that can help us you know yeah it, you know it's great to say don't take anything that's not the world that we live in though right well cbds you know, CBDs are great because they're not psychoactive at all. Yeah. And uh, I just, Shannon Briggs, who was just in earlier, said that it's helped him tremendously. Is this CBD? That's pot. That'll okay. get you fucked up, son. Uh, Be careful. Be, Be careful. very careful. <laughs> but, um, you know, the, the difference being the edible version of marijuana has a very different psychoactive effect, too. That's why a lot of people think they're getting spiked. You know, like they'll, they'll eat a pot cookie and they'll think, oh, my God, somebody put acid in this. Because it's really psychedelic in the way it's processed by the body. Your liver produces this uh, metabolite called 11-hydroxy metabolite, and it's just way more powerful than THC. You're the only comedian that I've seen bring like science into the into the oh, act. into that, that bit. That yeah. was amazing. Like oh, I thanks, was blown. That, the, the, you know, just to kiss your ass a little bit. That entire special is at the top of the game. Oh, thank you. you know, you're up there with Bill Burr and all those dudes. Thanks. I'm hustling. Oh, that's um, great. So uh, I wanted to get you. I don't have a whole lot of time, so I wanted to get you in here today and get it done. But um, what else um, can you tell people about this and what else can be done? I think that people need to go to creatumcomments.org, leave a comment. Uh, people can, you know, they can call the DEA. They can ask for Melvin Patterson. He's the spokesman. They can leave a message with him. I think this creatumcomments.org, though, is going to be the most effective. And also, like, people need to seek it out. And people can hit me up on Facebook or Instagram. I'm, I'm pretty readily available. So if people have questions and want to, you know, hit me up, then just hit me up. I mean, I'm at Big Strong Fast on social media, and I will answer questions as much as I can. Like, I'm not... I don't hide from people, you know? No, you don't. And when the documentary's out, can you come back in and I'll watch Absolutely. it? We'll talk about it and we'll, and hopefully we'll have some good news about it. And all right, folks, I'm high on Kratom right now. It doesn't do anything. My brother wants to get back in here with you, too. Okay, I love that Smelly, dude. Smelly, yeah. Can I mention awesome. something about him? Yeah, for sure. He's got a, a big sale going on for uh, the Black Friday. If you enter the code ROGAN, it's 20% oh, off. Is that for his slingshot? Howmuchyourbench.net is his website <laughs> for slingshot. All the slingshot products. I had to plug them. Okay, beautiful. Well, shout out to Mark. All right. Well, thank you, Chris. Really, really appreciate it. And do you have a name for this documentary? Right now we're calling it A Leaf of Faith. A Leaf of Faith. I like it. I yeah, like yeah. it. So if you have a new name, we'll have to, people like, I, fucking I, I, look I think for I, it. I think I dig that name. It's cool. Let's go with it. A Leaf of Faith. Beautiful. Thanks, Chris. Right, appreciate thank it, Thank you man. so much. I appreciate it. It's like a fucking wrestling match talking to you.